Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for June 26th of 2017. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com. I'm Cameron Walsh from HockeyHurts.com. This episode, we get to look back at Vegas's roster choices, their trades, pretty much everything from the expansion draft. Our, our last podcast was the, the before and the uh, projecting, and now we have a roster to talk about, so we will. We're also going to talk a lot about the other decisions teams have made around the league in regards to not only the expansion draft, but to preparing for the 2017-18 season. Uh, yes, Chicago will be part of that conversation. <laughs> and um, we're just going to run through the league, and there's a lot of interesting things that have happened since the last time we were on, so we're going to do that. Uh, we will start with Vegas. Overall thoughts about how they did. Um, I agree with your Twitter assessment in that I don't think McPhee went hard enough for some of his deals, but then you, you read around the place, you know, people that know the ins and outs of the stuff that you and I will never get to, to know. And it's like maybe he went a little bit soft on some of his demands because he knows that they could freeze him out, which once again rolls back to the whole old boys club problem with general management. Um, I think he did okay. Uh, I don't know. Now, I'll, I'm going to say something, but I know there are other variables involved. Yeah, I, I think if he just took players up without making any trades and just took the exposed players, he would have done better. Yep. That I'm, said, yep. some of these trades that were made, you know, it it. It all blends together. Certain moves were made because this is how it went down. So it, we're not going to be able to parse every specific move that was made. But overall, my general consensus is you're not going to end up with Chris fucking Thorburn on your roster if you just take best available, like a Marco Dano or even Enstrom was available to them. That That's just one example. It's a, a, a very, very good one in, in that context. Um it's it's so weird. Like you, you look at the you look at some of the players that they've got, and they've got some you know Neil, who's a goal scorer. That was a good uh, one. That's a freebie. No, it, That's a nice one. Yeah, it was. But it's like who well, who's going to give him the puck? These forwards are terrible. Yeah, and, and look, they they went in with an obvious strategy, which was let's just load up on defensemen, and we know teams are going to want them, so we'll be able to get assets back later on. Each day that and, goes and by. It's getting harder and harder for that. I fully understand that that situation. But even if they are over full on that roster, it's like I suppose if they go down through waivers, they're going to lose them via waivers, aren't they? Yeah, but what's there other than like Nate Schmidt, who they're going to probably keep? That's your best. This even this defense grouping is like Mark Mathot, Jason Garrison, Alexei Yemelin, Lucas Spiza. They just took because. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Clayton Stoner, obviously. Um, I don't know why they took him either. They had all the leverage in the world. Why did they have to take on that crappy contract? They should have just well, taken Manson co- or Vatnin. I don't mind them taking uh, Shea Theodore because all accounts yeah. are that he's a very good defense prospect as well. But why do you got to take on the bad contract? Why not just be like... Uh, nah, we're we're good. We're not going to actually make the trade. We're we're actually just going to take Manson or Vatnin. So good luck with that. Thanks. 
and that, yeah, and, and that's the that's the one of those really weird. Well, it's the whole. You look at the Fleury thing. Like I'm glad he's gone somewhere that theoretically he wanted to go, but they made that deal really early in the year, even before Fleury got hot. Right? They're a better. I guess you're right about watch. that. If it was February, you are correct. That was before. That was when he was like a 908 whatever. He was. He was. He was. He was what I call struggle central. Like Fleury, the last two years in the regular season, been fantastic, right? But his regular season this year was not great. He he turned it around after the the deadline, and was was good from that point forward. Um, but if you were if you were the general manager of, of Vegas, you'd be going, "Have we done the right thing here? Have we just been hoodwinked?" Um, so you look at some. Of the, Mrazic was available, and he's cheaper. Like, I don't know. Neuwirth? Yeah. I mean, they could have taken Grubauer as well if they wanted. Oh, well, I give them a pass because I do like Nate Schmidt. Yes, no, no, you, you're right. If you were looking at it, that would be the one or the other with, with that roster. And boy, so. did that bone the Capitals over. Instead of like, okay, see you, Alsner. All right, Nate, just take his minutes. They've got nothing there, and now they have who I think is a really good, uh, well, potential to be a, a good starter in the league in Grubauer, but when is he going to play? They have a Vesna caliber goalie in front of them. Yeah, I know. They really need to they should have use Up yeah. the ante, please, take Grubauer. Yes, he's good, but don't take Nate Schmidt. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's, it's almost like he had an intent to screw over his old team. But um, he got guys like Derek Englund on this roster. Ah, man. And for all the goalies available, you're running out Flurry, Picard, Berube. A lot of people are high on Picard, though. And, and feel that, and this is the thing that's funny, they feel that put him in an environment that's not the avalanche and he'll be uh, a better goalie. I don't know how that happens with this roster in front of him. I thought this roster had potential to be a, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say a playoff team, but I, looking at it now, I just, that's, that's not happening. Hey. For, for me, this is probably where the team needs to be, though. It needs to be bad. They've got a goalie that likes high volumes of shots. Will at least stop the games from being ridiculous blowouts most yeah. of the time. Yeah. Most of the time. He's going to get blown out. Any, no, he's still... He's fine. Yeah. My point being, though, they want to lose. No. To see, this isn't like other teams. They're guaranteed a top whatever draft pick every year, no matter how good they are. For a couple years. So, so really? Yes. What? When did this happen? I think it's one of those things that just gets you find out about it on Twitter. I don't know if it's a top six pick the next two years, but like they get, I believe, somebody will tell us we're wrong if I am wrong. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm pretty sure they're, they're in, there's insurance there for them to, to pick high enough to where tanking is not a necessity. Oh, look, they handed them enough of a... Oh, come on. They handed the... It's not... If, okay, so knowing that they've got that, we're always going to get a good draft pick right for the next couple of years. But they have loads of other draft picks. So, like, at what point do you stop going to the lottery and just take the 
the prize in front of you. Well, that's kind of, you. You've got if you've got the lottery option, you know, automatically wrapped up for you, right? They've already given you that crutch. Then you shouldn't be trying to create a roster that's going to lose more than it's not. And I oh, no, I thought they that, could balance winning. Yes, with I agree. They've team not building, done that with this and roster. I don't. They've I don't not see done it. that with this roster at all. Now we'll see. They had a they had the three first round picks and. Not being a prospect expert, um, you know, you you kind of try and lean on the people that do talk about it. And I I didn't really see anybody bagging on Vegas's picks too much. It seems like they didn't go crazy, did, you know, okay things. point you did make about the draft, and I think it's a good one, is that when you start to get past the top 20, you really should swing for the fences for... For skill, for the ability to, to create something out of nothing. Because if, if you hit a home run there, you know, all of a sudden you've got a Jake Gensel. If you don't, you might have a third or a fourth liner on your hands. Whereas if you, you swing for a third or a fourth liner or a third pairing D-man and they fail, well, you've got zero. And I think New Jersey did that with their first overall pick. Just watching the highlights, I think, uh, is it Nico? We'll call him Nico. Hersher? I don't know. Like Nico's I said, easier. I thought from his highlight packages, yes, small sample. I, I thought he brought a, a more dynamic ability with the puck. And not I'm, that's not a diss on Nolan Patrick, but I, I think they were banking on that talent, that raw talent, a little bit more. And, you know, I like that. So... Well, you, you always make the argument it's it's size v skill. If if size and size are the same, take the the more the highly skilled player, but always try and have skill over size. And you know, fundamentally, I I think they went who's the highest skilled player out of the two of them. We'll take him. Thank you. I think they'll both be fine, but I like that they took the the other guy. That's just my personal philosophy. It could blow up. Uh, could end up with some egg on my face. I don't think yeah, so. But it's New Jersey. It's New Jersey. You won't care if you do. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to root against the kid. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah the Devils. Um. Well, next year they got uh, a normal-looking draft. Actually, a first round, a second round, a fourth round, a fifth round, and a sixth round. So they don't even have a seventh and a third. But the year after that, they got three second-round picks and two fifth round so most of their haul their first round haul was that it's over with they're gonna have to hit on those picks it's, it's one of those things where how what was crosby's draft year 2001 five right five well that was the lockout year wasn't it yeah yeah so how early before that did you hear about Crosby I was watching actually it's funny even before he was a penguin I, w I was seeking out junior games there was a channel <clears throat> at least in the United States Mark Cuban's channel HDNet used to show random baseball they used to do um, actually I, I missed them doing hockey because during the games they would do a five-minute stretch called sound of the sounds of the game and the, the, announcer, oh, awesome. the announcer would just shut up and it would just be um, it would 
the picture was awesome because it was a 1080i feed and it was like being at the game you just heard the crowd and the puck and the banging of the boards and whatnot and nobody and i wish that was an option for every game uh but they would show junior qmjhl games and sid was in ramuski and i would i would watch any ramuski game because i'm like jesus christ this this kid is unreal and then you know that the lottery was what it was so the the reason i ask is that in two years time is there any kid like? Is there any kid we're hearing about that's like fourteen or fifteen? That's you know the next one, like we did with McDavid, like we did with Sid, like we did with with Matthews. Like, mm-hmm. is Vegas is Vegas going to be lucky enough that they're going to be about at the right time to to luck into a generational guy? Well, Sid and Connor are a tough comparison point because they're they are legitimately that good. I don't know if the who this next individual is going to be off the top of my head, but again, I'm not the best to. No, that that's it was sort of a hypothetical. It's like, are they going to luck into a 2019 or a 2020 superstar? If yeah, they're sure. Bad Why not? The Flyers just moved from 13th to second, and they got a really great um, who who was supposed to be the number one pick. True. That's very true, actually. Yeah. So the way the lottery works now, you got a little bit of a. Well, depending on where you are, you got a less of a chance if you're actually at the bottom, but uh, more potential to sneak up than you used to. So. Did did uh, anything straight? Oh, hang on. We haven't moved on to the the draft lottery yet. Um. There's not really. Um. Is there anything else you want to talk about the the roster itself? Ah, just that I'm underwhelmed. Like well, taking like, taking Eric like, Halla from Minnesota. I know they got the Tuke um, prospect with that, but like, I don't know. You had him the, over a barrel. That's the best. You, you did. Well, then they matter like you said, and I know you, you said Theodore's. You know, it could be great, but you you batten and you know batten a known quantity. You know what you're getting with him. It's like if you are wanting to do you know balance on the fence, like you were talking about in regards to building and being competitive, guys like Batten make that possible. Um, yeah. So now that I know that they're going to get quality draft picks the next couple of years, no matter where they end up, I'm a little disappointed they didn't try to throw a more competitive team out there if you know what I mean no I agree David Clarkson is the highest paid well, highest paid player on the roster and he's not even going to play <laughs> no that was part of the deal though I realize that you know that trade's going to be based on did they hit on the pick yes of course and we're not going to know on that for a little while but you know they make that it's tough to get upset about him at the Islanders trade because they really did a good job with that. But, um, you know, Berube being the pick for them. Ryan Strom just got traded for Jordan Eberle. On my draft for uh, the Islanders, when I did it on Hockey Buzz, I, I just took players based on the expansion protection. I didn't do any trades. I took Ryan Strom. Yeah. Yep. And... Um, you know, just stuff like that. 
where you better hope you hit on the pick because you just turned down a known commodity. Yeah, and uh, we'll discuss that Ryan Strong trade a little later. So that's, that's all I have crazy. in the Vegas, I think. When is... <laughs> Who knows what you're, we're going to be able to talk about in four months' time when they're actually playing some hockey and they're, they're terrible or they're great. They're going to you be know? bad. I mean, this roster is junk. Yes, it is. So they're not the only team doing some weird stuff, though. Who are you talking about? Well, you want to do Chicago or Florida? Yeah, let's do Chicago. Yeah, um... They are doing the Pittsburgh Penguins crumble act after the Stanley Cup run. Pittsburgh goes back-to-back, is um, final, win one, lose one against Detroit. Um, Still good for a few years. Um, Goaltending kind of soured their chances on a few of those runs. But then they started getting desperate and making, you know, questionable moves with depth and money and that kind of stuff, and they went away for a bit. Problem between Chicago and Pittsburgh, Sid and Gino were 25 and 26 when that decline started and had enough time left in their career scopes to still be great, and and when uh, everything surrounding them turned around, the team turned around. Uh, Taves and Kane are like 29 and 30 right now, so the odds of them, not only is it tougher because, let's face it, they're both not as good as Sid and Gino, the aging curve is different from when they have to recover from, and the moves surrounding them are, are, you know, haven't been terrific lately. So they have a very big hill to climb. I, 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 it's like they're trying to get the gang back together, but they've got rid of one of the most important defensive guys that they had in amongst that gang. And I know you can't just move Brent Seabrook because... I bet you they could. Well, if you had the choice of keeping Seabrook or Charleston, I keep Charleston 10 out of 10 times. But I do believe there would be people out there that would not. And I, I wonder if they tried to trade Seabrook or if they've identified him as still being part of the core. And that would be a, a fatal flaw. I mean, the contract when it was signed on this podcast, we we lined out that this 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 money is going to cause problems. They are going to lose a solid player, and they have lost one already, and um, it will probably cost them another down the track as well. I think the Coyotes did really well to get Jolmerson there, and and Chaker looks like he's he's got things on the go pretty well there, but to bring back Brandon Saad. It's, Brandon Saad's a good player, so like he's yeah. not the problem. Nope. Um, I, I think a lot of Panarin, I, I actually think he's um, the more skilled player. I think he can help. Um, I think Saad scores more goals, but Panarin does a little bit some of the other transitional work better. And I thought he was a great fit with um, Anisimov and Kane. Like that's an that's an amazing line. So they've moved, they've broken up that line to try and theoretically help Jonathan Taves because they they played together. So it's 
it's like you robbing Peter to pay Paul here. I I don't really understand the move in itself. And then the rumours are out that they want to bring Patrick Sharp back for for another year, like they did with Brian Campbell. And oh, that, I hadn't heard that, but you know he's not going to become know. expensive, so. No, it's it's not. It's it's more so the the philosophy behind it in regards to what the hell is Stan Bowman thinking. Like he said, he was pissed and he said he wanted to make some changes, but the two guys that they traded away weren't the problem in the playoffs. I know they only scored two goals in four games, but overall, it's depth that makes them struggle, not well, the top talent. Here's here's the Panarin thing in a nutshell. He's going to get a raise off his $6 million in less than two years, I believe. Yeah. They wanted the cost certainty of Saad, which, okay. It's not like they significantly downgraded. They That trade makes sense from a longer-term scope. He's trying to keep costs down with a solid player. Saad will be productive throughout that deal. Oh, yeah. So not the worst no, thing ever. But, you know, you're in that spot because of the other stuff. And that's not even to take into consideration the, I don't know, I guess convenience the only word I can come up with, with the host Oh, we're actually going to discuss this load of garbage? Um, so, yeah, I, I guess there's precedent. People keep tweeting out like this random dude from the 70s that had this, but. Allergic to hockey equipment, um, the year that his his raw salary goes from what was it four and a half million to one million for the next four years, when they're yeah. having a huge cap crunch, he's thirty eight. These are all variables that exist, and it, he could have a serious condition. I don't know. I guess I'm not gonna beat up Chicago's medical staff, but he he seemed to get through it for four and a half mil last year. No, I know. And it's it's one of those things where these these contracts forced the, the change for the backdiving stuff and this was one of the things they were fearful of. The fact you can throw him onto the long term injury list and just pay him out the rest of the way for the, what is it, it's 96% he's already been paid of his entire contract, I think. So. And he's got four years left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gee, and, I mean, I'm not doubting that. Maybe, you know, it probably was a frustrating thing to, to if he's taking all this medication and stuff. But, again, you know, the drop in money is significant and the timing is legit. There, it, yeah. I don't think... I think you can both believe that it's real and roll your eyes at the the timing of it. And, and that's that's probably the, the thing for me. And it's it's when we get to the next negotiations for the CBA, I'm assuming they'll try and come up with a way to tighten that up again. I know that a lot of people at the draft rolled their eyes at this thing because I had quote tweeted Michael Russo. He had something about the host of thing and. He replied back, like, yeah, there are people here that aren't, I'm paraphrasing, yeah. but he's, he's yep. like, yeah. This no, is... I remember seeing that as well. And it is it is one of those things where you look at it and then it's just like, come on. You know, LA managed to wiggle their way out of their own cap troubles. Uh, um, 
this reeks of that kind of wiggle room. And they're still, they were still, okay, so the cap goes up to 75 mil. They were still 2 million over it before all this. So they really needed to, to shed some salary. It's going to, it's going to take a lot of things to go right for Chicago to be, um, a powerhouse. And I just don't see it right now. No, it just, it's really, the cap really did kill him, and Bowman did a great job of renewing the roster to get three out of five. Like, not denying any of that, but then... Yeah, it's when Kane and Taves jumped to 10 mil. You do not have room for for mistake. No, you you just, you lose that flexibility and error. And, And so you need to have young guys coming into the roster who are cheap ads to... And outperform their actual contract value. That's what he has to hope for at the moment. Um, I like Crawford as a goalie, but that's six mil. I would I would have looked at before trading Chalmerson. And so, so for me, that's a tradable asset. But then that requires you to keep. Um, forgot his name. Guy they just traded to. No, you don't need to keep Darling. You just find an average guy. Sign Steve Mason to a $3 million. Well, what did Darling go for? Four? Yeah, something like that. See, the thing with Darling is they know the commodity they have there. I'd be more than happy for them to trade Crawford, keep Darling, and then. It's two mil. This isn't a. how we feel about Crawford, it's how we feel about that position and saving money. I think Crawford's oh, very, yeah. very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at and some then, point, then, then, he's going to have to be very, very good based on what's in front of him as opposed to, you know, I always team build in front of the goalie. That's my philosophy. Not everybody shares it. It is what it is. Correct. Um, anything else for Chicago? No, that's just they're going through what the Penguins went through, except their timing's a little bit worse with um, where their core players are a little bit older. And uh, I don't think you're going to see the rise to a back-to-back championship for them that Pittsburgh finally got back around to. I think if they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals again, they'll have done well to loop it that far around, to be honest. With the playoff set up and going through the Central, yeah, that's going to be tough. Yeah. Nashville's still in a good good spot. Don't know what Minnesota's not terrible either. Like Maybe the Jets will finally string together some success. They got some really nice young pieces. They got some good veterans. They just got rid of Thorburn. They don't trade Truva. You know, they're gonna get Mark, remember? They're gonna get who? Mata, remember? Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we're still holding our breath on that one, huh? Well, yes, I am. <laughs> okay. Don't die. <laughs> um, okay, Florida. Yeah, you turned it over to the old school guy, and all the decisions uh, that the other uh, group made are starting to be undone. And we'll see where it goes. I have my predictions. 
But yeah. uh, nothing about what they're doing is helping. It's undoing what I thought they were doing some okay things down there. So I think the computer boys uh, are unplugged and they just hired Pronger. They got Dale Talon back there uh, to get rid of Marchesol and, and Riley Smith. You like you lose both in the expansion draft. And they and they went four and four, and didn't even protect Demers, the Petrovich or what? Like, come on. Yeah, I know. It's just been strange all around. Makes no sense. Like it was a, it's like it was a secret takeover by the computer boys, and then all of a sudden it was a hostile takeover to get it back by the old school guys. And they stamped their authority all over everything by doing moves that, to be honest, not unexpected considering, you know, Talon's past. So, how do you let 30 goals walk for nothing? Yeah. Um, and and, and, and the thing with Marchesol is, you know, I remember I wrote a, not a lot, but when Pittsburgh was playing Tampa in the Eastern Conference Final and he was a healthy scratch and he would get in, I'm like, they ought to play this guy. His possession's really good. His points per 60s. Speaks to a guy making the most of his ice time. Computer boys see it. Sign him. 30 goals. Not saying he's a perennial 30-goal scorer, but that's a calculated risk when you take on a guy like that. And it paid off. But I think he could be a 20-goal scorer. And it's harder to score in the league now, so 20 goals is nothing to sneeze at. That's the thing, like. And cheap. I'm still struggling to get my head around the fact that 20 is the new 30. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. And that's just sad. Like, it's just, it's just really, really sad that that's the case. But, I mean, if you score 30 now, you look at it, you know, a 45 goal scorer five or six years ago. So, you know, scoring's really tightened up. They just let it walk. It'll be interesting to see where they go. I we'll see where their moves take them. I'm not 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 very bullish on them anymore. No, well they're not the fancy cats anymore. Nope, they're the stray, disease-ridden, dirty. They're the alley cats. Definitely the alley cats. With syringes sticking out of them. It's <laughs> got dark real quick. Oh, that's where they went. Well, okay. Speaking of dark, is Chiarelli deliberately trying to piss McDavid off? This guy stinks at his job. He yep. tra- <laughs> Taylor Hall and Jordan Everly for Adam Larson and Ryan Strom. And the cap space is the big argument. All right, you filled it with Lucic and Chris Russell. Wow, way to go, you fucking idiot. I was just... I, firstly, for, the, for Jonathan Tavares, this must be like, oh, thank God. You know what I mean? If you look at it from the Islanders' point of view, this is a no-brainer of a move. Um, they've got to try and sign JT at the end of the year. Um, he's not going to go for an extension prior to that. He's probably going to test the market. 
this is at least showing, hey, we are trying to get someone in for you to play with you. I think it's too your... little too late. If I were Tavares, I'd, JT, I, I, would, yep. I would leave. There's no, nothing no, just... to suggest that, that Garth Snow is going to figure it out. Um, but I just, I don't understand. But I get your concept of, yeah, yeah. we just got you every like, We care about you. No, I get it. I just, I still would be like, yeah. I'm... I, I, and they don't I even know where that... they're playing, right? Where are they playing? That's going to suck a little bit, I think. I have no idea. Uh, at a hockey rink somewhere in the New York area. Not in Brooklyn. No. But Why does she really keep getting a pass? He doesn't for most. I think so a I lot of people call him out for being bad. I can't see what he's done since he's been in Florida. And I can't see what he did in Boston. Won a cup and then... Tim Thomas was a god. Yeah, and Zidane Chara played, you know, 80% of the game. <laughs> but you, you look at... His Edmonton he, tenure is nothing but a bunch of bumbling errors. And, and the defenders, the Edmonton media knows no bounds on to just blindly defend. the They they have a terminal illness of appealing to authority. When that authority has shown nothing based in logic. If I'm Connor McDavid, I'm asking for the absolute league maximum amount of money on short term. To I'm not signing for eight years on my next deal. Sign me for three for like $15 million each year and just hope that you can get the fuck out of there. He will be wasted. He's going to carry them in a way that's going to blind a lot of people that don't want to look at the information in front of them. Well, they're a playoff team. Well, no shit. You got the best player in the league for like six or seven or eight, maybe a decade. He's, yeah. that, he's that good. Oh, well, Adam yes. Larson really... No, you got Clefbaum, you got Talbot. What if Talbot regresses? He had a great year. Yeah, if he goes anything back to, like, like only above average, like he was excellent this year. So if he goes back to just slightly above average, um, which is where most goalies sit, you know, in that, in that meat of the, the hamburger, as you like to call it, if he falls back to there, all of a sudden these... These vaunted trades for Larson and, and for Russell aren't going to look so fantastic. Aren't going to look so fantastic. Well, thank you for that. No, <laughs> no shit. Oh, listen to Mr. Angry over here. Well, they're bad. They're objectively bad. And Chris Russell is 30 years old today before this extension kicks in. So good luck. Oh, Jesus. Hey. Seeing as we did just mention the Islanders, did they they got a pretty good return there for Harmonic, didn't they? Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know that whole situation with him, like he wanted to go out west last year. So, um, I thought you know, a first and two seconds was it? I think so. For Calgary, um, this is who has a better grouping of defensemen. 
Well, you pick Nashville as the the next. You know, they're the, pretty close now. Yeah, the only the only thing that would be concerning for Harmonic is that was last year's drop to a third pairing level D man um, an aberration because of all the other stuff that was going on around him plus injury, and is he able to, you know, get himself settled, get himself physically fit, He's and then go back. So. And that's the thing, like, if he does do all of those things, you've got him before 30 as, you know, at least a first-pairing D-man, which is what he tracked every other year until this year. He's 26, he's he's got three years left. He's going to be... He isn't going to be 30 by the time the contract runs out. I would bet on him being fine to good. That's what I would do. And and he'll be playing with Brody. Yeah, second-pairing D-man with TJ Brody. It's like, yeah, you should be able to recover and improve. Hamilton and Giordano is going to be a great pairing. That's that's a really solid foundation. And then no more Derek Englund. Or Weidman if they want to have him just wander. Yeah, I can't imagine they bring him back. No, we've got to have some somebody depth-wise to come in and play 10 to 12 minutes to get some experience. It's a D-man. just can't see any names, I know. I've heard, you know, that you hear come up and go, you know what, this guy might. So their bottom, their bottom pair, they're going to have to work out how to, to fill that. But, yeah, but that's you know, that's a lot of teams. Yeah, even exactly. the teams that even the teams that don't have a good top four is oh gee, the bottom pair. Well, they could cover fifty minutes quite comfortably with that top four. That's the the luxury of having that collection at, at the back end, and know that they're not going to get torched. So. You know, you probably need to throw more than, like, you know, traffic cones on the ice, but they're going to be okay. Yeah, Edmonton. I don't know, man. I could see them missing the playoffs next year. If if Talbot is average and, God forbid, an injury to the, the guy they can't lose. That might be the best thing for the franchise. No, because one year, ah, man. I know what you're saying, but I don't think they they would change course. So no, it wouldn't be the best thing for them. They they have to yeah, win. That, that's my that, that's my hope is that they get there and go, holy crap! If our goal is not superhuman, we have some massive holes here. How do we go about fixing them? But you're right. The particular general manager probably wouldn't get fired, and he has a philosophy that he obviously thinks is right. So he will run with that. And you just, yeah, you sort of sit there and shake your head on that. Yeah. We'll see. Be interesting, I'm sure. The takes will be pretty pretty strong on both sides uh, going through Edmonton's year next year. Well, it's been like that for 10 years in Edmonton. The takes. Um. What other teams we got on this? Well, St. So Louis moved Shed for Laterra so they could get rid of Ryan Reeves. I thought the Blues did uh, okay to get Shen there. I quite like I quite like Laterra going back the other way for the Flyers. Um, apparently, he's been working on his skating, um, which oh, is you know, working on skating. Uh, that's, well, a, that's a pet peeve nice. uh, thing for me. Like, really, <laughs> like, 
Hey, Ali Mata is working on his skating. Oh, okay. Oh, it looked like it uh, didn't work. <laughs> you, at a certain point, you are who you are. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Particularly by the time you get to like, I reckon, 2021, what you are skating style-wise is almost uh, unchangeable. To be honest, uh, Laterra and Shen are pretty similar according to this uh, quick hero chart. Goals, they're both four. First assist, they're both six. Shot generation, Shen is a five. Laterra is a four. And shot suppression, Laterra is actually a six and Shen's a three. That, I have to admit, I follow a few Fires Flam on Twitter, and um, that's usually their biggest complaint with Shen is the amount of shots he bleeds when he's on the ice. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether Latera can still be that good at shot suppression outside of a defensive-minded St. Louis system as well. Yep, there are but probably it, team effects involved there. Yeah, and I mean, Latera's... The, the swap is basically they got Nolan Patrick, let's get rid of this asset and bring in an asset where we're weak. That was the way I sort of looked at it as well. Um, you know, St. Louis, I, I, I made fun of them for protecting Ryan Reeves, but the uh, joke's on me. Oh, Jesus. So, okay, there, there are some different routes to take here. Do I think trading from 31 to what 51 there's really a negligible loss of value in that i don't think much of oscar sunquist as a prospect especially on a team of the forward caliber of the pittsburgh penguins moving forward that's like a nothing loss of asset as well so from an asset standpoint they didn't really lose much but just the whole idea that bringing in this player is going to change any part of the physicality issues or perceived problems Penguins have is patently false, and it's been proven false over and over again. So they're they're chasing a ghost with um, with this move. It's, it's not going to change anything. No, and I think the, um, I think the thing that frustrated me the most was the fact that this team for two years has managed to win uh, a cup each year and they've not had a player like Reeves on the roster specifically to do that. They had Sestino come in and out. Every time he came in, it looked bad, and they got rid of him as soon as they could. I don't. I just don't see a value in bringing him on. One, he's never going to be on the ice when those guys are on the ice, and everything he does is going to be like retaliatory anyway. So they're already going to have been hit in the head or slew-footed or whatever it is that happens to the guys he's supposed to be protecting. It's all reactionary. Yeah, and I have um, some quotes from him. He, he understands you can't shadow guys to protect them. That's not how it works. I think I do it more with my presence on the ice. Okay. So I think everybody to... knows that when they come after guys on my team, that wakes me up. Let me ask this. You're not woken up before this happened? Like, <laughs> oh, it's a reaction. Oh, your guy already got leveled. Now I'm awake. Now I'm ready to go. Uh, Sid's in the corner bleeding from his head, but now you're awake. Good, good. I hope that wakes you up. 
And then he goes oh, after think... their guys. Oh, okay. The endless circle of this, this whole circle jerk of violence that some fans just can't get enough of. Just admit it. You just like violence. Philosophically, well, I... there's no evidence that any of this is nothing more than violence porn for some. <laughs> it is. No, I just, just admit it. Don't don't bend over backwards to create these just absurdly false bases in logic. There's no evidence. None. You can't find any. It doesn't exist. You just want right. a, you just want a big dummy to go around and injure the other players on the other team to make you feel better about the times it happens to yours. I think what, I, what frustrated me about it was that whilst you weren't high on Sunquist, no, I was not. He could. I I felt that he could at least be a fourth line center on this roster. I disagree. I didn't see anything. That's from him. fine. I'm, I'm happy to to look at it from an opposite point of view. But I I have a philosophical problem with moving a youthful a, a youthful asset. For Reeves and to go further down the draft, I have a problem just with the concept of of that. You've literally given the best assets in the trade, the two best assets in the trade have gone the other way. It wasn't like it was a. a you one- you are not wrong with that. I totally agree. That's the and and the thing that worries me about this is that the one person who I thought was the handbrake on Rutherford being a complete lunatic is now no longer with the, with the organization. And if you have a look at his moves before we make the assumption that um, Botterill got to start having a bit more of a say... And that's, win, a, that's, that's an assumption. Yes. No, no, I know. And it's an assumption I'm happy to sit on because you look at what Rutherford does away from Pittsburgh. Comes into Pittsburgh, signs Fleury real quick, Trades for Hornquist and a player asset that screws up the cap. Then all of a sudden, Kessel gets Lapierre, gets away from speed. Yeah, it starts the year on a speed thing and then bails on that approach as as they get going. And you you can see you can see where somebody started to have more of a voice, and the whole philosophy of the club changed. That person and Randy Sexton is now out of the organization. And I get concerned about it being in the hands of Rutherford, being in the hands of Garrett, um, being in the hands of Recky. And, and Recky has come out and said he does not like the stats. As, as he's a feel for the sport. And some of this and the Reeves move really feels like a Lemieux down thing. Lemieux's always been a fan of having someone there to protect the stars because he has always felt that the league has not protected him and you can't argue that point no i don't argue much of that i can't that you're you're probably right um it this i will say about the move you know you know it's categorically dumb in my opinion it's a low level move the team's not going to be sunk by it it's not going to kill their cap they have a lot of cap room even though he makes 1.125 million for what i don't know a seven goal career high and um, it's not the same as giving top six minutes to something like this. or you know, a higher level move. As long as Rutherford doesn't make 
mistakes in the middle of the high end. This team is going to keep chugging along the tracks. They're in a good spot still. But you can still dislike the move and and be like, why? Why why are we doing this? Yeah, you don't have to defend it just because the Penguins made it. Not at all. And it is... It was funny seeing some people tweet out going, what, are the Penguins trying to win the third one on the level hard? <laughs> I thought that was that was quite good. So Reeves, Reeves in that quote also says, I can catch guys who play big minutes or are the superstars in this league. Um, he says he's changed his game to the point where he can do that. And Tyler Dello was doing some interesting research on, on that quote. And he came up with a list, and I'm not going to go through... Um, the entire list. Here's every forward Ryan Reeves has hit more than once the last three years. Um, and it's a really unimpressive list of not many great players. <sighs> it's the philosophy behind the move that worries me more so than this just being one isolated move. Like you said, on its own, yeah, it's a boo-boo, but it's not going to destroy the team's chances of going for a three-peat. But, but he speaks to the idea that these guys can get after the other team's stars isn't unique, but it's weird how inaccurate it is. <laughs> yep. And, um, you know, I want to say, was it Adam Grutz in his piece? He, he had a nice look at this. St. Louis has the second most incidents where their guys were hit and the league suspended the player. So you know the hits must have been bad during Ryan Reeves' tenure. Do you get what I'm Fucking saying with that? Yeah, it's so they've been on the receiving end of suspension-worthy hits the second most amount of times. With Reeves there to protect their players. So... You, you read this stuff and you see it and it's like, okay, so Rutherford's obviously gone for the feel of it. He had a feel that this is what the team needed. Fine. At least try and find a player who is in Reeves' position that hasn't had players on his team clocked. Well, you're not going to be able to. Is... Correct. But, uh, if you want to get a tougher guy, fine. But absent skill, this is stupid. Skill... If skills there and physicality's there, great. That's that's fine, totally acceptable. But you gotta chasing physicality absent skill on a speed based team that is back to back champions with I would say as good a chance as anybody to win next year. Yep. Um and to that to Reeves point, I can catch up with these guys. I can if they hit our guy, I'm gonna hit theirs. Uh, also from Tyler Della, Reeves has not been credited with a hit against Taves or Kane in the past three years. And he would have played them close to the Blues would have played Inner them close division. to Yeah. Um, Seabrook blasted one of their guys too, I believe. Seabrook mm-hmm. ran David Backey's in the 2014 playoffs, if you can recall that far back. Oh, uh, never, never, never quite got to Taves or Kane in the the, the last three years though. So again, this is all uh, fan fiction bullshit. You can either admit it. If you support the move, and that's fine, but just admit it, you you just want to see players hurt. That's really what you're saying. Pretty much. I mean, what's the counter-argument to that? 
there is no evidence of deterring. It's all reactionary. Uh, stop looking at the numbers, buddy. But, you know, I don't need to be lectured to appeal to Jim Rutherford's authority as if he has a track record in the last 30 years of not making mistakes. I, look, I reckon if we if we could be bothered, which we won't be able, which we just won't be bothered to, I reckon if we went back and we looked at all of Rutherford's moves, I reckon we'd find he's done more bad than good. No, Do I, I don't think so. I, I don't want to take credit where credit's due. He's done, a, a, I think, more good than bad. But, again, you started with Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. You're not chasing the big pieces, and that's... I'm talking, I'm talking you go all the way back. You go all the way back to where he started. And oh, some of the... Well, anybody in this game long enough to, in that position. Yeah, but you want to come away with at least a 51%, you're up. Not. I reckon he would be more than that down. Eh, that's a... Maybe. It, change, it, it changes, though, when you come into Pittsburgh and have Sid Gino and no, the tank. Look at those great. moves. Look at his last five years in Carolina, right? If you just want to get there and you shrink it down. Yeah, but you're chasing. No, I know that you're chasing, but... Those pieces you, you've that got, he, he, You've got the two cheat codes here right now, right? So there's no need to go and do stupid little shitty tinkering garbage like this. Or add spalling onto a deal when you should have gone for a draft pick. They're the little things that screwed Shero up. That's the stuff that screwed Shero over. It's cha- it was was chasing when he didn't have to. Instead of just filling out young depth. Admittedly, he did draft it. It just wasn't ready for him at the time. Shero. Um, Shero, yeah. yeah. So you, you sit there with it and, and it's just like, I just don't trust the guy. I never have. I legitimately thought... I must have told myself this to placate my concerns, but it was like I thought he was doing two years, that's it, and he was going to hand it over. And I was obviously very wrong with that. <laughs> well, to this point, it's just a fourth-line bad move, so I'm not going to, um, you know. He he will be judged on what's about to come in the next week or so. Lots sure. of um, important decisions for him to make. The Benino situation is one that I think could really harm them. In my oh, yeah. Opinion. Yep. And like you said, if he asks for X, just get him to walk. Particularly with the production he gave this year, it, it's not worth what he's probably going to ask for or get on the open market. Yeah, I, I don't want to give him his next contract unless it's such a compromise of term and money which I wouldn't encourage him to do he deserves to go out and and get paid yeah but there aren't many great options past that if we're being honest there's one that I've written about a bit but (laughs) it's not I wouldn't consider it probable no but like you said You've got to throw the hook in the water. And Joe Thornton is who I'm referencing. I think if Joe Thornton hits the open market, I think Pittsburgh's got as good a chance as anybody to convince him to leave San Jose. Ultimately, it's going to... I I think he's very comfortable in San Jose regardless of team situation. So it's you're going to have to put on a good sale job. 
to get him out of there, I think. And be prepared to pay for three years. I think that's the other. Uh, I think the three-year thing is more or less, all right, San Jose, I'll stay, but I want some job security here. I think you could see him taking a one- or two-year deal with a better team. Yep. But if he goes to any team with two good centers, he's the third line center and gets to play against third level third line talent. Like and and still be top power play. Yeah. So even though he didn't have a massive drop off in production. <laughs> think of, think about this in the sense of Sam Gagne in Columbus this year was a fourth line player who got top power. Like you put yeah, the players in the proper usage of maximizing uh, quality of competition and teammates and all that stuff. Joe Slotten, Joe still, uh, the comparison isn't, oh, Joe hopefully will be as good as Sam Gagne. He's he's obviously light years better than him. It's just, oh, we can give him a reduced five-on-five role so he can still be Please. very effective there and give you the offensive power play time to even get those uh, offensive numbers up even more. I just love that um, concept of having him play third-line minutes, which he's still going to get a lot of playing time, but he's not the focal point. Can't be no. the focal point. And if he is, geez, Sid and Gino are going to have a fun time. Well, exactly. I mean... And what happens when Malkin misses his 10 games? Oh, I guess Joe will bump up. Cool. Because you could throw him on a, a, a few teams that have got really great center depth that would put him as a third-line center. I mean, you go, not that he would go to some of these teams, but you go Dallas, Tampa, Pittsburgh, obviously. I like Nashville. Yeah, Nashville. Well, yeah, good call on Nashville. Um, did I say Anaheim? Because they've got two good, two good centers. I would have said, like, Florida, but they're kind of... Well, yeah. So, I mean, he could... There, he's got options. He's, he's got. I mean, every every thirty teams should be his option. Like every yeah, single team would be better for having him, and I don't think that's too debatable. No, I'm not going to debate that at all. No point. <laughs> so, I'm interested to see what happens there. I think ultimately he'll probably stick around San Jose, but he hasn't signed yet. I think he may field offers. That gets interesting. You start to hear. Um, what other teams have to say about you, which, as of last night, they, they were allowed to contact him, not talk terms, but, hey, we're really interested in you. Why don't why don't we talk July 1? This is a, a big change from yesteryear when you couldn't talk until day one and can't really... Like, if Jim Rutherford calls up Thornton and his agent yesterday and, hey, we have interest in you, is, are you going to reciprocate that? Uh, is there anywhere we can go with this? Um and they say no, then you don't have to waste your time and resources on July 1. So it's nice to kind of take that temperature. Well, you just you just need to know. You just want to know, don't you? But it plays into Benino, too. Okay, Joe Thornton's off the table. He doesn't want to come. So let's start focusing on other areas to improve if we lose Benino. Yeah, Instead exactly. of having everything just be a shit show on July 1. You know what I mean? Things can happen fast, and you could be left in a bad spot when chaos is going down. (laughs) So, 
yeah, Joby. Um, an interesting one. Does he want to chase a cup? Because I don't think San Jose is in a great spot for that anymore. No, it does feel like it's drifted past them a little. Not a bad team. No, no, no. But, but they can't have Thornton going 135 or whatever at even strength points per 60 like last year. I mean, no, he did just, fall off the right. table with that last year, but his possession's still amazing. Do we want to talk about Yoshi? Oh, okay. We'll end on that. Um, I like the player. I totally understand that he shot 23%, and that's not going to happen again. In fact, I think uh, Dmitry Filipovich had a tweet that if he shot his normal career high, he would have been at 17 goals this year, or his Jesus. normal career average for shooting. So he went he, that 30 goals is a mirage in, in some sense. I don't think he's a bad player. I, I happen to, to think he's a good player. But again, as always, term. Insane amount of term. It ended up taking through to like 38, wasn't it? Also? It wasn't like eight years? Yeah. The term is brutal. Didn't have to go there. And they didn't really get a break on the AAV either. Like, I'm okay so, paying him 5.75, but that should be a three- or four-year deal. Yeah. Like, what was he asking for if he was only going to go on a three- or four-year deal then? If you run with that theory of yours. It's like, that's ridiculous. That's, um... I, I don't like the contract. Teams get into trouble with term more so than cap hits. I just don't see him... For that to work, how many years do you think he's going to hit 23% shooting? You know? He won't hit that again. His previous high was 14. He's going to jump up 9% every year from that. You want him to, you're asking him really to probably shoot at 18% the rest of the way for the next eight years, realistically. And that's not realistic. <laughs> no, and quite frankly. He's going to catch a lot of flack, but really all this information was in front of us, and it will be predictable when he doesn't, you know, score 30 goals for a majority of this contract. What will make it bearable, though, is if he does have good possession numbers. Yeah, and puts up the the 50 to 55 points with 20 goals, of course. that That is a top line. Uh, I don't know about top line, but, like, when you think about a top six winger, you used to think, oh, 80 points. No, it's like 50 points now. That's how pathetic the scoring is. So you would be getting yep. top six caliber play. It's just, man, he's not going to give you that for eight years. Just not going to happen, I don't think. So good player. They were between a rock and a hard place, but I think they, um, they really got aggressive with that one. Like when Ovi when Ovi's a UFA, he's still got four years left on that deal. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that when Ovi's a UFA, they will just disband. I'll have a look through the the way that team's cap is structured, and 
if it all doesn't quite work when Backstrom gets to the end of his deal, which is a year, I think, before Ovi's, they could just blow the whole thing up if they wanted. Yeah, they're kind of getting into that gray area of crap. We either got to make a really strong run at this, and, you know, maybe that's part of the Oshi decision is not think about that future. But I think you're right. You know, it's going to be tough for them. Last year was such a great opportunity, and how they didn't beat Pittsburgh, I don't know, but it's they didn't, and then they watched Pittsburgh win it all again, so it's got to be tough. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that. I consider this a su- successful podcast, considering uh, uh, I'm on summer break. But I also have all my children at home. So sh- sh- shout out to them for behaving and for the little one for taking her nap for the extended time of this recording. <laughs> we got through. Even if it blows up now, we're good. Good content, I think, for about an hour. So th- that was a win. But yeah, the, the Hockey Hurts podcast uh, recording sessions this summer should be interesting. <laughs> We'll see how it all goes. So with that, um, keep um, giving us ratings if you haven't done so on wherever you consume your podcasts. I see the iTunes one has jumped up quite a bit since we've asked for that. Thank you. If you're still on the fence, just you know, take the one minute to, to do that. Um, HockeyBuzz.com. I'll have a lot of UFA stuff coming up the, with Colin Benino. RFA stuff with Dumoulin and Schultz, that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, what else is there? Twitter handles? Yeah, I believe so. So it's at Walshy66, at Gunnerstall, at Hockey underscore Hertz. We're on Facebook, at Hockey Hertz Podcast. Um, yes, Facebook. Give yeah. a like. We do have that. You're right. Yeah. And um, if anything sort of changes, obviously look out for the um, the Twitter feed and uh, on Facebook we'll sort of try and get some notes out there. So, all right. Well, we got five days to July one. We'll see how that shakes out. Uh, won't be any uh, shortage of topics to talk about, and we shall see you next time. Adios. Bye.